People just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Hi, Brad. Thanks for being here to chat about Self Unlimited. Well, in your case, Brad Unlimited. Thanks, Helen. It's a pleasure to be with you. Great. It was about 18 months ago that we'd had a coaching session on changes in your workscape. And I remember at the time you had a personal epiphany that seemed to have great impact for you on being an organization of one. So I'm excited to learn today about what else you've been tackling and learning on your Brad Unlimited adventure. Do share. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. Uh, that, that first conversation we had around Self Unlimited and you explaining what the different areas were or are in Self Unlimited was really interesting because I remember at the time I was sort of trying to build a consultancy and I was grappling with the whole thing around, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? Um, and where's, what are the things that I find valuable and what does success look like? So all those questions around um, that could throw it at you while trying to build a business at the same time. And our conversation was really good because it really helped me to get an understanding that no matter what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm kind of an organization for one. And I like the way that you framed it around a kingdom. So a kingdom and I have my wizard's tower with Brad Unlimited sitting on the top. Oh, and King Brad, the sovereign King of Brad Unlimited. <laughs> I like to go with high wizard Brad. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and it was really good though because at the time, I was stepping out from, you know, operating as as a, as, a, as a business, as a you know, as a sole trader, and doing some contracting for another organization. And I remember in the conversation we had, um, one of the things you mentioned was that if one of the things that you like to do before you start a role, no matter what that is, is to work at what's valuable to you. What are the things that you want out of the role? Um, and I did that for, and I went through that process and I felt really good though because it, it almost feels like a, an anchor. Mm -hmm. I think, and it's something I'll probably touch on a bit later as well, but having the Self Unlimited as a resource and understanding what the different areas are, it, it's a good anchor to come back to when things get a bit, you know, uncertain. When the, if you use a nautical <laughs> analogy, when the, when the seas get quite rough, it's good to know that there's something there to hold on to to get back to. Great anchor. I hadn't thought of that, but I like it. <laughs> um, so I went. So I started the, the role. Had that my guide, I guess, around what was important to me and what are the things I wanted out of the role. And then that, when it started to, when the role itself and the work, well, not the role, but the work diverted from what I wanted. I knew I had. It's almost. I don't know how to describe it, but it's having the confidence to go. Actually, I don't have to be here. You know, this is not what's valuable for me. Mm -hmm. um, and the value was more than just having a steady income, but there were other more important values attached to the role itself that I wanted out of that, out of that particular gig. Um, and so I thought, okay, so and then I opened myself up to look, to start looking for, for other work that was more aligned with what I was looking for. I wanted something that was substantive and I could apply, you know, my current expertise and and knowledge, but also be able to stretch and challenge myself as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very fortunate to be able to make that shift. So find a role where I could do that. Um, well, I thought at the time that I could do that, and then and make the change and feel confident making the change. I didn't have to agonize over, you know. It's interesting because I know previously, 
it's leaving roles kind of midway. I'd agonize over whether I'd failed somehow. The, uh, I wasn't, there was a, you know, a question mark around my capability or competence to be able to do that. But stepping out of it, I knew that it wasn't about capability and competence. It was just, this just wasn't what was, the role wasn't aligned to what I needed at the time. So just to clarify, was this a role that you were taking as a client because you were in your own consulting business or was this a role where you were becoming an employee to an employer organization? Hmm. I was becoming an employee to an employer organization. So taking on scenario two. Yes. And it's interesting because having been on my own and operated independently, the thinking and the conversations that I was having and with peers in the in, in a similar space was very mature and sophisticated. And stepping into organization with the level of maturity and sophistication was a lot lower. I guess the learning was sort of adjusting my expectations. Um, and again, knowing what the what value I was looking for was a good anchor to come back and go, okay, these are the things that I want. Mm-hmm. And it was a good reminder as well. So it wasn't like, oh, my word, you know, these people aren't anywhere near where I wanted to be, so I'm just going to walk. But it, was, it wasn't about that at all. And it was also guest making, and, and I think part of the value of, um, well, particularly when you talk about rain and knowing what, and for me, you know, my values are and my mission and my vision, etc. It's a good check to go. You know what? Most organisations are not at a level of maturity or sophistication that I'd like, mm-hmm. but there are still there are still things that are important for me that I know that I can contribute to help to help organizations in that space. Um, so that's, I think that's, a, that's been something else that's been re- really beneficial in having um, the South Unlimited as a framework to navigate work, uh, particularly stepping into different organizations. So a role that I just finished up with was in public service. And the way the organization was pitched and the role was pitched, my impression was that there was a high level of sophistication and maturity. Um, which is why I was really interested in this, in this particular role. And the interesting was the one thing that I didn't do was I didn't go, what do I want out of this role? Okay. I explicitly, this is my value. Or these are the values. Well, this is the value that I'm looking for um, to help anchor me again. <clears throat> but I assumed, I think going into the role, I assumed that, you know, that was meaty and the way the role was pitched and described. But it sounded fantastic, right? It was like sort of having Christmas come mid-year. <laughs> and then after a couple of months in the role, was once you scratch beneath the surface, you find, well, actually there's the, the team that was created and the model they wanted to use. So it was a blend of learning and design thinking um, that is applied through, through different teams and the clients that they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and so... It is a very new model for the business and it's a different way of working. But sitting beneath it were the behaviors and the thinking and the paradigms of the old way of working, which is very much siloed, protect your own turf kind of thing, and very political as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in, I think, quite naively thinking, ah, you know, this is be able to do all these great things because, you know, the business is shifting, it's found this pivot point, and it's going to be amazing. And it was interesting, it was just to say, so coming back to the self unlimited, it was um, I think if I before starting, if I'd gone through the same exercise of writing down what are the things that I want out of the role, what's important to me, and where do I find find value, I would have 
it would have been a lot more helpful when things got really rocky a couple of months in. <clears throat> so um, I resigned from that role about a week before Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, which again, was that it was a severe misalignment with what I wanted, and the and also it's not just. And I think part of this going through the self-limited journey was to find something that I sort of take a, a, a take a chunk out of, do some reflection and do some work, and then sort of do the work thing. And mm -hmm. then when something else doesn't go well, I come I come back to the material and okay, what what else is useful that I can use here? So it's almost like a really good resource. To be to refer back to great and what i like about it as well is that you have these templates and tools as a guide that's really useful so an example one of the, the templates that i'm using at the moment is the portfolio resume right so okay how do i rejig what i'm doing because looking at my resume looking at my current resume and i think resumes in general it looks very flat you don't really get a sense of what the person's uh, the breadth of their expertise and their and the experience is, and the way yes. the example that you give for the portfolio resume, I find is really helpful, like including your recommendations, which traditionally I've kind of had the impression that you don't do that in a resume. It's just you know don't put your recommendations in there. Well, it's interesting uh, you say that the traditional. Sorry, yeah. it's interesting you say that the traditional yeah. part because I think many of the things is that the traditional ways that, that we do things aren't working anymore. So even though that might have been the traditional yeah. way to do things, there's a question about is it actually a value? And part of the reason for creating that portfolio resume yeah. idea was to say, hey, actually there could be another way of doing a resume, and don't worry about whether it's right or wrong. Try it and see what response you get to it. And I've had positive response. Yeah. Still using it in others, and yeah, and which is amazing, right? Because the thing is, I think we're part of I think part of the value of the self unlimited approach is it's questioning what is traditional. Because yes. I mean, if you and and I'm sure you see this on LinkedIn, you have these countless posts coming from recruiters or people in the recruitment industry who you know kind of started their own practice because of. You know, things that are dysfunctional in the traditional recruitment model, and your candidates, candidates go through this, you go through the recruitment experience, they find it horrifying, you know, right, or really dispiriting. So, what what is good, and I think that, again, the value of the self-limited approach is stepping back from that and getting a different perspective and going, what else can we do differently, and being a bit more creative with it. And I think the resources and the the thinking that you put into the work. For me, it's been helpful to go back and okay, that's not working, and there is no right way to do things anymore because it's such a the recruitment industry is in such a state of flux at the moment that you have these possibilities to try something new, right? Mm. And I think that's a good thing as well is that with using a a self unlimited a brand unlimited lens, that's being able to go, you know, here's a clean slate. Yes, anything anything is possible. Um, and so it's been really good. So you know, now that I'm sort of you know assessing what I want to be doing, it's coming back to the book and going through rereading the section on rain and going, okay, what are the things? Well, what's my vision for the work that I want to be doing, right? Yes. And I think it's, it's thinking broader than just work. It's thinking about so as a professional, how would I, how would I describe myself? So traditionally, I would have described myself as a learning and development professional. And then I was kind of when I started, and then when I started exploring knowledge management as well, I'm not just an L&D professional, but I'm kind of straddling the space of KM now. And then when I did the design thinking stuff uh, with yourself a year ago, 
I said, well, I'm not just L&D and knowledge management, but now I have this, you know, design thinking domain as well. Titles are a challenge, aren't they? What am I doing? We want to fit into a <laughs> title. <laughs> I know, because when you talk to a recruiter, they're going to go, so, you know, what have you been doing? And the thing is, like, I'm, if I'm applying for an L&D role, I'll say I'm an L&D professional. But I've been thinking, and even this morning, I was, you know, I sort of went out to grab some coffee beans, and I was, you know, thinking about the conversation we were going to have. And one of the things that's, and I'm probably, you know, stealing a bit of your bit of your thinking here is around an organizational designer. Because the work that I do and thinking about my vision, it's about, you know, helping to develop healthy, engaging ecosystems. Not nice. businesses, but ecosystems. And I think given my background in not for profits, I don't limit myself to just corporates. And I think and this is a, and this is something that's always been important for me is no matter what ecosystem I'm in that I at least contribute or collaborate to help make it a healthier, more engaging space for the people who are in it and for the relationships in it. Oh, that's and sounding think, some very nice rain there for Brad Unlimited. <laughs> and I love it because, again, just you having the top unlimited lens as to be able to see things differently, I've been able to go back, actually, that's not what I am. I'm not a knowledge manager. I'm not an analogy professional. I'm not you know, a design thinker. What I am is somebody who works in organizational design. Now, the next challenge is how do I describe that to a recruiter in a way that it makes sense to them, right? So, but it's good there because it gives me flexibility because I'm not limited to go, I only need to look for work in L&D. I only need to look for work as a services designer because it's, that's not the case. I need, what I can do now is freed me up to be able to go, I need to find work that will be interesting and engaging for me that aligns with the vision that I'm working towards. Mm. That's amazing. That's a good space to be. Yes. And having and having the and having the, the resources and the templates and the thinking through and the conversations that we've had around self unlimited and brand unlimited has been really liberating. I think and I think this is it's something I've been doing a lot of thinking about in the last few weeks is about we talked about all these different models and frameworks and concepts, but there's something that sits underneath all of that, right? There needs to be this foundation or this boundary, I guess that sits around it, that helps you make that mindset shift first before you can engage with the meat of the material or the tools or the, or the methodologies. Mm. Until you make that mindset shift, you can read it and it looks great, but you're not going to do anything with it. Mm. I think being able to refer, and over time, and I think the self-unlimited material, is, it's, it's a body of work where you need to have some space. So I often find that having the space to reflect on it and to be able to talk to other people and explain it in my own words yes. made, makes it a lot more meaningful. So I'm not just using your words to explain mm. it, but actually because I've used it and I'm living, I'm living it. So it's a lived experience for me where I'm testing mm -hmm. to, to see what works. And it's given me a very different view on how, on my relationship with the, with the world of work. So it's given me, now I can go, I have a greater degree of flexibility. That I can almost, you know, wear whatever suit is needed to be able to step into a role that's needed. Mm. And I know that that whatever role I step into, it's 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 finite, you know. It's not going to be, you know, I'm going to be doing this thing forever. And I don't see myself doing one particular role for five years or six years. Because I know there's, you know, the, being able if being able to go through the exercise of working out what the value is, you know, the whole you know, value exchange thing. Yes. I can know that it, when it gets to that point where I've, I've hit those values and there's nothing, I'm not being fed or I'm not growing anymore through that role. I can then I have that 
the freedom and the autonomy to go and the confidence, I think, is an important part of that as well. Is to go, you know what, I can step out of this role. Mm. And yes, there will be a bit of a transition period around financial stability, but there's the confidence in knowing that um, where I want to be is beyond just the next two or three jobs. Mm. It's this co- it's about this constant thing of lifelong learning, of stepping into different organizations, getting an insight into how they work, being in different sectors, working with different people, getting an understanding of how relationships and people function in different in different organizations, in different settings. Yes. And which feeds into my vision of being having a much broader view and experience and taste of different ecosystems. If I want to be if I want to say, hey, I'm an organizational designer and I can help you have a much healthier, productive or profitable business. Um, I need to be able to have that breadth of experience, you know? And I think this is where the, the self-unlimited work, particularly in that area of rain, and this is where I'm doing a lot of reflection and thinking and work at the moment is in that space. Mm. So, okay, so what, what is my vision, you know? And yeah. that's, I just started to refine that. And it's interesting though, because I've gone, oh, I need to think of a vision right now. I need to be able to come up with, you know, snappy little vision right and it's not it's it's a work in progress mm. and i think whatever i come up with right now will change but again it's a guide it's having having the the, the self-unlimited um tools and resources a framework to continue to reflect you know it's your, it's your classic design thinking you know i'll have my idea or my prototype of what my vision is but that will change over time you know yeah. as i grow as i learn more and apply more of the stuff that i've learned that will change. It's good to have that as a base to go back to. Sometimes I think when people hear the word vision, they think, you know, like you said, snappy words. I need a vision statement. I've got to be able to articulate something really clearly. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think the word vision even has a, a big overhead in it that people think, oh, I don't know what my vision is. Oh, that seems like something I'm supposed to figure out and connected to the universe. And I think it's just as simple as what would I like to be doing? And asking yourself that more basic question, I think a lot of people in work don't stop to ask, what would I like to be doing? It's kind of like, oh, whatever job I could take, not, well, if a number of jobs came to me or opportunities, how would I decide which one felt more right for me? And I think some of the things you were talking there about values and value, and I'll make the distinction between those for people listening. So values are those things that you live by. And so for you, I heard there was the value of lifelong learning. So for you, in thinking about some of the work that you might take, you'd be looking for something that has that characteristic of the lifelong learning aspect to it, because you're just a person who values learning. But then there's value in the sense of value you want to create. Either you want to create it for the people you're working for, so it's something that you can contribute to them, which you've indicated you like to do. And then there's the value that you want created for yourself. And we tend to get down to thinking the way, the relationship between self and work is I give my time and my talent, they give me money. And that's the value exchange. And I think as I've been listening to you, the, as you said, it's a much more sophisticated conversation about people want more than just here's my time and my skills, give me money. There's, they want something more meaningful yeah. about work. And that's a conversation about rain and about what do I want? And so vision in that sense. And I love a description I heard many years ago that vision is simply a future that I can imagine that I would like to create. And it just as simple as that. Can you think into the future and think how I might like things to be different? And I think sometimes people panic in the sense of, yes, if I imagine it, then I can think about it. 
and then I might be disappointed because I don't get it. Oh, I don't know, that feels a bit risky. How about I just don't think about it and I stay in a spot where I complain. And so part of the self-unlimited idea is that rain in some ways is the central part of all of that other thinking. And I think for yourself, particularly coming from having working in your own business and when you are starting out your own business, there's a much stronger sense of why am I doing this? Why would I take the yeah. risk? Why, what is, I have to think about the logo. I have to think about the company name. I have to think about the tagline. So vision becomes a much stronger thing at, at that end thing. Yeah. But for people listening, even if you are just the employee of an organization and you don't have a thought in your mind about being a sole trader or going into business for yourself, still having that sense of what am I about? What do I care about? Why do I want to be here? And you told a lovely story at the beginning in the sense of when you are in a gig or a job, and we're calling it a gig here, but in a job, and you think, this isn't working for me. Well, that's probably an indication you did have some sense of something about what you wanted and what you hoped for and what you dreamed for, and it's not working for you because you're not getting that. But if you don't know what it was, then it's really hard to kind of unpack why am I unhappy? What could I do differently about this? And it's not necessarily a case of I'm unhappy, out of here. This was a terrible organization. Where's the perfect organization that wants to hire me? It's actually about... As you said too, there aren't perfect organizations, so it's like, well, what could I negotiate? What can I compromise for or tolerate? But if you don't know what you want, it's really hard to be in that position to kind of negotiate what I'd give up, what I'd um, contribute, what I'd sacrifice. Hmm. And I think uh, the other thing that's occurred to me is that when people think vision, we think it needs to be something that's complicated and snappy. And we think, well, only organizations do visions, right? Hmm? Like when I talk about my vision, it's like, well, you know, that's too big. It's too big for me. Yes. Where it's not, and I like the way you describe it. It's like, what kind of work do I want to be doing? And it's really simple. Mm. And it's simplifying something that I think has a connotation of being complex, or not complex, but complicated. And when you say, what kind of thing do I want to be yeah. doing? It doesn't have to be, oh, I want to have the title of a learning and development professional. It might be, I would just like to do some meaningful work. I'd like to be with people who um, make me laugh. I'd like to wake up in the morning and with a bit of energy and jump out of bed. I mean, there's many different ways that you might describe what the work you want. Or well, actually, I only want to work three days a week because I want to spend time with my children. Or, or helping care for an elderly parent. There are many aspects to what that work might be, and part of that all fits into the notion of what's vision for you. Yeah, yeah. So that, and that's, I think that, that's really helpful. Um, and it's interesting because when going through the, when I was doing the, my, my own business, I kind of had what my mission was, but it was more just a framework to go, this is why I'm doing this work. And looking at it through the self-unlimited lens, I go, oh, actually, yeah, no, that's a good piece that fits in with the, with what my mission is. So it's like that makes, and it fits in really, it aligns quite well with the vision. Mm. So it's like, okay, that's, I'm on the, I'm kind of on the right track. Yes. Which, which, which is really helpful. So, <laughs> so I think it's now, and it's interesting, so with the values and beliefs of going, going, just going back, refreshing through the value exchange um, material. Mm -hmm. And actually, what what are the things that are important to me? And again, it's understanding that right now these are the things that are that, that are these are the values that I want in the kind of work yeah. I'm looking for. And that will be based on my experience in Malaski. Going okay, there were some things that were met. Yes. So in terms of the work I was doing, the way that I was working, 
and the people that I was working with, that was fantastic. Mm. Right? That was amazing. Um, the disconnect was with the kind of manager that I had. Mm. So I don't know if I'm always drawing the short straw with managers, but <laughs> I struggle to think of really good managers like leaders that I've worked with. There are managers and there are leaders. And I think this is the distinction. Mm. And I think it's interesting that was if we talk about self unlimited, um, if you like if some if you're in a work situation and you have a bad manager, some of us will just put up with it, right? We go, oh, this is just the life of work. Mm. But if you had a self unlimited lens, you go, actually wait a minute. What the things that are valuable to me are not being met primarily through the way that the person who's supposed to be looking after me and my professional well being is not. Mm. So I think if you have if you're able to have clarity around that, it could be a really good space to go to to give give you a sense of autonomy and confidence to go actually you know what this is not what I want mm. and I have the, the the option and I have the, the choice to do something different to yes. be in different organizations or to make different decisions and even to change my thinking mm. so it's a bit switch from the I'm a victim of my manager to actually no I don't have to be a victim I can choose to um you know I have full autonomy and I can do something different Yes. And I think values is an interesting one that values the things you live by. You won't want to compromise those. Those are a pretty stable. They're pretty integral to who you are as a person. But value you want created in like the value exchange ledger, that could change every gig that you take because your life yeah. circumstances. And so I think sometimes knowing what the reason I took this job was because I wanted to get this out of it and I wanted to get that out of it and I wanted to contribute that and at a point where people are feeling unhappy in a job it can be a number of things it might be their values have been violated and such that maybe they've got a strong sense of integrity and they're being asked to do something yeah. that just um, really violates that sense of integrity you can't really compromise on that yeah. but if it was like hey I wanted to contribute my expertise and nobody here wants to value the expertise that I have to contribute well then you have a choice okay do I stop contributing that expertise or do I somehow have a conversation with people to make it more evident because maybe they didn't know that I had expertise yeah. that I wanted to contribute and if we have a conversation then at a, a sort of a more objective calm level rather than as you say I'm a you know that kind of victim sense of nobody's listening to me nobody wants me here I'm not valued around here you can kind of be like, well actually yeah. I had an expectation I could contribute my expertise expertise and I had an expectation of them that they would give me this exciting opportunity to grow and develop and nobody's giving me that. Well, as you say, I have a choice. Okay, do I go find a gig somewhere else where I can get those things? Or do I go, actually, yeah. maybe nobody here knew that I wanted that, so let me have a conversation with my manager. Because yeah. maybe they're actually up for it, but they're waiting on me to be the adult in the conversation as well and articulate yeah. that. And maybe they've just not got the same level of imagination to think creatively about how it might be done. So then there's another conversation I could have, or maybe it's out of scope and it's not possible, in which case I can decide maybe there's other value that can be created here rather than the value I yeah. had expected and I can shift my expectations. All of those give the possibility of a more healthier way of being at work than, as you said, I'm a victim because nobody's giving me what I want, which kind of feels a bit like you know, a two-year-old throwing a tantrum, I'm out of here because I didn't get what I wanted. <laughs> I think many people don't know how to yeah. articulate what they want, which is why I created that value exchange 
um, activity was to give a kind of literacy yeah. to what is value you might want to create in a job, what is value the organization yeah. might want you want to create, and have you got a misalignment with yourself, have you got a misalignment with the organization, and how do you resolve that? Yeah, but I think it's good because it's, it's about having a sense of clarity, right? Because once you have clarity around what are the things that are important to you and what do you value about your particular role, that clarity gives you, helps to strengthen a sense of purpose, I guess. Absolutely. You can have the, the confidence to have the conversation and you can go, you know what, I don't, but I think a lot of it is that fear of I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my security, I'm going to lose my financial stability, what am I going to do in Olivia? What am I outside of this role? Yes. But if you have, but I think my own experience with using the self unlimited is to be actually, you know what, I have a choice. Yes. So it gets to the point where I can, what I get to choose the conversations I have, and I get to choose the decisions that I make. Yes. And I think up until up until point up until the day that I resigned, I because the value the value that I was getting out of the work had weighed some of the friction that I was having with my manager, um, and that for me was enough to hold me there to try and you know repair things with my manager to try yes. and you know repair that what, what whatever had happened. Um, but I found that as as things were progressing, that wasn't happening. So yes. the work I was doing was getting better, if anything, but the relational manager was deteriorating even further. And for me, it was like, well, logically, that those those things should align. So if the quality of my work and the work that I'm doing is still is is, is improving, how come my relationship with my manager is not improving? How is that still a disconnect? And it was like. And I think it was it was almost it was hard to pinpoint it, but it was knowing that there was a point where things were not going to get any better. Yes. And as hard as it was to make the decision to leave, obviously all these things ran through my mind. You know, it's right. I found this great job. Am I going to find a similar role again? Whether it's working for myself or whether it's stepping back into an employee role. You know, the people that I was working with, the relationships that I built, the you know the joy I was getting out of the work. And it was a point. It was one of those roles where I was actually looking forward to getting to work. You know, be up in the morning, I was good to go, I couldn't wait to get in and get stuck into work. And you know, time would just fly. Like, yes. It was at the end of the day, I go, oh my God, where's the time gone, you know? It was, it was amazing, I loved it. And now I'm like, Arr. so it's, it's, it's interesting though, because again, it's, I think having that sense of clarity and knowing what, what, what value I wanted out of the work, and my own values as well, mm -hmm. I, I had to make that really hard call, but I could make it knowing that I have this. Re I have resources that I could draw on to help me navigate that. Mm. And coming out of that is thinking, okay, so, and I need to step back into applying for for roles or having conversations with potential clients. Um, how do I want to present myself? Yes. And so having the like I said, using the um, the resume portfolio or portfolio resume is a really good tool, which is getting me to rethink what I've done. The, um, the, old, the German poet Rilke that you can live the questions until someday you find the answers. Yes. And this, and this is the thing though. And I, I think one of the other things around the self-unlimited work is that it's about connecting with what's intangible, but it's about that feeling, right? Yes. So yes, there's a, there's a rational, logical overlay, but also even, again, if you come back to work, if you, whether you're working for yourself and you're developing a client relationship, or you're applying for work and you're going through the recruiting process. There's a sense of 
there's an emotional connection and a, and a, and a confidence and, a, and, an into, and, and a gut instinct that that play as well for you and for the person and for the employer or for the client where they go, I could work with this person. There's something in there that I recognize that would be good and be of value and make a contribution to the work that we're doing. And we could, and we could frame it in, the, in terms of you have this great experience in this area and you've done this work on this project, which would be of value to us. But beneath all of that is that intangible. Mm. And I think one of the things that is really valuable in using um, the Self Unlimited as a, as a way to reflect on what you want to be doing and where you've come from is to be able to connect the, that, 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 that intuition and the intangible, yes. the emotional stuff with what's in your head. Because in the world of work, it, 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 that, the, the emotional stuff is a big part of what we do, whether we feel confident and safe and comfortable in the work that you're doing. And one of the yes. things we do when you, when you, whether you're engaging with the client or whether you start a new job, is do I feel safe here? Mm. Will the onboarding and the induction help me feel safe and settle in so I make a good impression in my first 90 days? And with the client is when I walk into the office, do I feel safe enough to want to work with this client? And will they listen to what I have to say? Will they listen to the expertise they're paying them for? Yep, there's that whole, I think, so, Taking the time to reflect on that on your 20-minute tram ride mm-hmm. is to go, I'm in, my, in the work today. Do I feel happy? Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel safe? Mm-hmm. Do I feel that I could have you know, a hard conversation? Do well, I, interesting do I propose you, a new idea? Yeah, interesting that yeah. you use those words because safe is, is what's of value to you. It might not be for somebody mm-hmm. else. And so I recently got asked, um, you know, are you happy? Or we should ask the question, are you happy? And I kind of rejected <laughs> it like, I don't really kind of relate to this because if you're a person who's pushing the boundaries, challenging the mediocrity and the status quo, you're going to be in a state of discomfort and discontent. Can I be happy in my discomfort or discontent? People don't normally think of that as happy. And so I think for me, the better question is, are you where you want to be? Are you feeling what you want to feel? If feeling yeah. safe was what you wanted to feel, then answer the yeah. question for yourself, but not for somebody else. We think, oh, somebody else gave me these questions. I'm supposed to ask, am I happy? Am I safe? And without, But those don't kind of relate to you. So no. it's about saying, actually, safety and happiness are what I value. Okay, let me use those for the questions that I'm going to ask yeah. myself. And then it feels more personally aligned than it's somebody yeah. else telling you what to do. Because as you would appreciate, self-unlimited is about shifting the power and you know the notion of rain to mm-hmm. yourself, not coming from somebody else. It's you defining it for yourself as it will fit your circumstances. Exactly, exactly. and I like, and that's so true. It's giving yourself the, the space to think about the things that are important to you and to frame those questions, and to I think to have clarity around those questions as well is really good. This is made for a very interesting podcast. So thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been amazing. It's been good to be able to reflect on what's happened over the last few months through Self Unlimited. Great. And thanks for being such a passionate advocate and um, ambassador for Self Unlimited. I know. I love it. I think it's, it's really useful. I talk about it all the time. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beselfunlimited.com and follow us on Twitter at Be Self Unlimited.